It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. Big weekends for several in the Big Ten as we start to inch closer to warmer weather and the start of the conference season later this month. Hello, I'm Kyle Charters. Drew Charters here as well for the Big Baseball Podcast. We'll swing through our biggest stories of the fourth week of the season, hand out our awards today as well. And have a conversation with Iowa coach Rick Heller. That all coming up on today's podcast. Also, Drew, we call our first ball game today. Boilermakers yeah. uh, opening up at home here on March 12th. How about that for Purdue? Earliest in program history. The Boilermakers taking on uh, Milwaukee a little bit later this afternoon. Excited to see some baseball for the first time firsthand this season. Yeah, baseball in the Midwest in March. I love it. 50 <laughs> yeah. degrees, beautiful, sun shining. And we get to have our first argument of the year. Yeah. As I will declare the window open I at Alexander Field, and you will say no way. I thought about this on the drive over this morning because I'm going straight to the game later, and I did not pack my winter coat and winter <laughs> hat. So the answer is no windows closed. Come on. The game's played outdoors. You got to open the window. <laughs> open the window. It's so much better experience. Okay. Let's hit our biggest stories for the week. I, I think, again, we have to go uh, and, and put Illinois in this list. The Illini. Coming off a sweep at Grand Canyon, Illinois now 10-3. and three. Get this about the Illini. Illinois has swept three of the first four weekends this year. First time they've done that since 1982. Best 13-game start uh, for Illinois since the 50-win season in 2015. It's been a pretty good run here at the start of the season against what we feel like is a pretty darn good Illinois team. Yeah, first overall in the Big Ten right now, sitting at 10-3. and three, And a nice bounce back for Illinois. After the, the last weekend, they uh, struggled a little bit, losing three of four. Uh, but they've come out now and out-hit uh, Grand Canyon 35-12 to 12 <laughs> over the weekend, uh, you know, getting three victories there. So nice bounce back by Illinois. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I don't know if Grand Canyon's world beaters, uh, they're good as far as uh, national parks go, I think. Uh <laughs> But Illinois, still to be able to get a sweep on the road like that, I think is impressive. Imagine this offense for Illinois, Drew. Imagine when they get home and start playing at Illinois Field with right. the way the wind howls out in Champaign at that place. Man, I think that's going to be a difficult team to beat in Champaign. They have the the kind of offense, uh, a variety of offensive skill, even without Brent Spillane. I mean, they're still... I don't want to say necessarily that they're better than they were last year offensively. Maybe they are, though. They just have such a variety of guys, you know, one through nine, who can go out there and hit the ball around the yard a little bit. They're going to score some runs. They already do. They're really going to score some runs when they get home. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit later about Zach Taylor, who's leading that offense for the Illini. Uh, but, uh, you know, across the lineup from Massey uh, to Troike to, to Zach Taylor and those guys, yeah. Uh, they're really going to be fun to watch as soon and as they get home. A guy that you did not mention, maybe a possibility for Big Bat on the show today. Uh, we'll get to that here in yeah. just a couple of minutes as well. All right, Purdue. Let's talk a little bit about the Boilermakers. Uh, Purdue has the league's second longest winning streak they right do. now. Two at games. two, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, the Boilermakers lose their opener but scramble to win their final two over the weekend in a series that was Put together almost at the very last minute as yeah. they play NJIT, a game, uh, a series at Marion, North Carolina. Purdue, of course, was supposed to go to Creighton. The weather in Omaha was not great. They couldn't get together on a location to continue to play Creighton. So 
Uh, the Highlanders and the Boilermakers scramble to get this one together. Uh, for Purdue, uh, they, they get the first game to extra innings, uh, but then lose by giving up a six spot in the 10th, but come back uh, to win uh, two games in the eighth inning, basically, in the final two of that series. And while it might not be huge to get games against NJIT, I think for the Boilermakers, who yeah. still have some pretty high hopes for the season, they've got to get something going a little bit, and maybe that's the start of something. Yeah, you take wins however you can get them if you're Purdue right now. And nice job by Coach Waz and, and the Purdue staff of uh, putting this together at the last minute and at least getting some games in this weekend. They, you mentioned they lost that first game. Uh, they were even down four in game number two. So uh, bounced back, got that victory. Game number three was a tight game. Uh, NJIT actually had a runner on third base. Trent Johnson came in in relief and needed to strike out the side for the victory, and he did just so. Uh, Ryan Beard pitched well, second week in a row here. Uh, that Purdue will have a nominee in our big arm. So pitching staff is coming around. They're getting some victories and in good time to come home here and uh, take on some Midwest opponents. Yeah, two games this week for Purdue in the middle of the week. I'll be out there for both of those games. They go on the road on Wednesday for what will be a, a big game against a really good opponent in Indiana State. I think the Sycamores are 12-1 and one yeah. this season, sitting maybe just outside being ranked. Maybe they're they're up there ranked perhaps by by a couple, but – uh, an Indiana State team that's uh, really good. That'll be a good game uh, on Wednesday. Minnesota. Uh, the Gophers, Drew, had lost seven games in a row before Monday's 3-2 win over Seattle. The Gophers are now 3-11 and on the season. I think we could have predicted maybe uh, some struggles for Minnesota, yeah. maybe offensively, just considering how much they lost, how much needed to be replaced. But I didn't predict three and eleven, and uh, you know Minnesota is really searching a lot here. It feels like I mean hitting just two twenty five, that's eleventh in the Big Ten. The pitching staff, though, that's been the part that you feel like, you know, even John Anderson said it before the season. They felt like it was one of the more deeper, one of the deeper, if not the deepest, pitching staff that he has had. And yeah. so far, a five seventeen ERA, which ranks eighth in the Big Ten for that group. Uh, they're they're looking for some answers there, Minnesota, yeah. and and hoping that maybe uh, the game on Monday gives them a little bit of momentum. But, man, that's a team that had higher expectations than what it is showing so far. Yeah, really scrambling right now. Uh, sticks out that they moved Max Meyer, yep. uh, who was their closer last year as a freshman, got 16 saves and 26 appearances in 2018. They have moved him into the starting rotation. He pitched really, really well yeah, uh, against Oregon State. Six innings, four hits, just a couple of runs. Eight strikeouts uh, for Max Meyer going into that starting rotation. So we'll see if that sticks around. But really, I don't think really pitching is what they what they really need to fix right now. It's something that they need to fix. Yeah. But they got to get those bats moving. If they don't get those bats moving, it's going to be a long season for uh, the Golden Gophers. We'll talk to Iowa coach uh, Rick Heller here in a couple of minutes. Get his thoughts on the Hawkeyes start. That's an Iowa team that's finally back home <laughs> they've been all over the place hawaii i guess they didn't have to quite venture quite as far away for uh their last year series against evansville because they only went to illinois to play evansville uh finding the neutral location instead of going all the way to southern indiana we'll talk to him about uh, iowa's start here in, in a couple of minutes first though let's talk some award winners these are the biggest these have become in four short short weeks the biggest awards in the history of the big ten 
In the history of baseball? The Big yeah, Ten. Yeah. I yeah. thought you were going to say history, history of, of, baseball of baseball there. A hundred plus years of baseball. He's the <laughs> biggest one. Okay, let's hand out uh, Big Arm first. And there was a lot. I mean, one thing that you have to take away from this last weekend in the Big Ten is the quality starts yeah. that the conference got out of some guys. Uh, you know, from Nate Fisher to Polly Milto to Andy Fisher, Tommy Henry. Tommy Henry had, like, his worst game ever and still is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, 10 strikeouts across six innings. Against number two ranked UCLA. Mike Machma for uh, Michigan State was great. You mentioned Beard earlier, had a solid outing. Uh, Hunter Parsons, who will break down a little bit uh, during the lineup. Uh, so I guess give me a, a couple of numbers for some of those nominees for this week. Yeah, you had Pauly Milto start out the weekend. I think Indiana played early on on, on Friday and, yeah. and through eight innings, just gave up a hit, no runs, six strikeouts, and a walk, and a one nothing victory over Washington. Yeah, we so thought- he was... You thought when you saw that game, you're like, all right, that's yeah, our guy. Yeah, done. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> Close her up. I can just relax the rest of the weekend. <laughs> There's our man. Uh, but no, Nate Fisher came in that same day uh, for Nebraska, a 2 nothing victory over Baylor. Uh, he went uh, eight innings, no hits, uh, so no hitter through eight, no runs, uh, six strikeouts, and a walk for Nate Fisher, who we will award the big arm of the week. Man, it's really tempting. Uh, Machma at Michigan State. Yeah. Nine innings, 11 strikeouts. Yeah. Now, they did hit him a little bit. Seven hits. He gave up one earned run. He didn't walk anybody, though. And that was a victory against Ohio State, which is a quality opponent. So tempting there, I think, to go that direction because, in large part, due to the complete game and the 11 strikeouts. But you pitch a no-hitter over eight innings and get a win at number 21 Baylor. I think pretty clearly that is an award-winning type of start all right big bat for this week uh jack yellowitz for illinois had a big week gavin homer penn state chrysaline maryland matt lloyd indiana tell me a little bit about those guys who you got uh, a couple guys in here who are freshmen who we've mentioned their name numerous times in this yeah. podcast already so i i feel like they're going to become common names here and gavin homer a freshman for penn state uh just had four hits, but two of them were home runs, including a grand slam, uh, four runs scored, and five RBI on the weekend. Uh, Chris Aline, another freshman from yeah. Maryland. He made that catch. Made that catch. Yeah. They call him the Bubba. We got to get into that sometime on why they call him All right. him Bubba uh, later in the season, but uh, maybe we should start if we're going to mention him so often. <laughs> Seven runs scored, five RBI, a couple of doubles, and mo- a couple more home runs. Uh Matt Lloyd, finally somebody with some experience in the Big Ten, a senior from Indiana, hit 416 on the weekend, also added a couple of home runs. Uh, but Jack Yalowitz, uh will be given our Big Bat Award uh, this weekend. You mentioned him briefly there. Hit 583 uh, this weekend, four runs scored, six RBI, and he had three home runs yeah. against that series sweep against Grand Canyon. Yeah, another one of those uh, Illinois hitters uh, yeah. who, who really can rake it out there. And, you know, that's going to be, if they get the pitching, which they've got a veteran staff too, man, they're they're going to be pretty good this year, I think, and have shown it so far. And Yalowitz gets our big bat for the week. All right. Uh, we had a chance to talk to Iowa veteran head coach Rick Heller about the Hawkeyes, about the Hawkeyes start, about their travel and a bunch of other uh, topics. Uh, That's coming up next on the Big Baseball Podcast. (laughs) 
I'm happy to welcome in Rick Heller, the sixth-year head coach at Iowa, a guy who has had a ton of success over in Iowa City, averaging 35 wins per season, a couple of NCAA regionals, a Big Ten tournament title in 2017, and what looks a coach like a pretty good team here in 2019 as well. Your team seven and six, though I don't think that tells the whole story, man. You guys have had quite a bit of travel, I, I would say, through the first few weeks of the season from Florida all the way over to Hawaii and then Oklahoma State. Maybe you get a little bit closer to home there with that moved series against Evansville uh, playing in Illinois. But, man, you guys have been all over the place. You have to be a little bit happy maybe to, to get back home this week. Yeah, we definitely are. Uh, this winter's been you know, the worst uh, since I've come back to Iowa City. And uh, we haven't been outside yet. We haven't practiced outside yet. Um, you know, in all those other years, we, we actually had played games, um, you know, in early March or even late February. But, with you know, with the turf, you're a lot of times able to do that. But we had such a large amount of snow this year that um, we're trying to remove it this week so we can play uh, Northridge at home this weekend. But, yeah, it's it's been a lot of travel. And, unfortunately, uh, we stubbed our toe um, versus Evansville down in Marion um, on Saturday. Or, excuse me, on Sunday, we had to play a doubleheader Played a late game on uh, on Saturday night, started at seven, and then a doubleheader at one. So you know, like twenty seven innings and in, in less than twenty four hours is yeah. stuff that you do to get games in. You know, this time of year and um, kind of hit the wall. Uh, Evansville played well, and we we didn't play extremely well, and so we we come home seven and six, and uh, the big swing day for us. Where if we could have taken care of business, it would have looked a lot better, but. Considering uh, where we're at and how things are going for us, we started off the year really healthy, uh, probably as healthy a team as we've had going into the season since I've been here. And then, boom, the injury bug has really hit us hard the last couple of weeks, just a lot, a lot of bad luck things. And had it, We were without um, our best our leading hitter this weekend. He pulled a hamstring down at Oakey State, and we were down a couple arms and um, some other position guys are dinged up pretty bad. So hopefully we can get healed up this week and, and get ready for conference in you know two weeks. Yeah, you never like to see those injuries. Maybe better now uh, than in the middle of the Big Ten, but but certainly you'd like to stay healthy uh, for as long as possible. One thing I thought was, you know, pretty telling about your team. I think was, you know, you go to Hawaii and then you come back and play a really good uh, OK State team, and mm-hmm. to be able to perform as well there with all that travel, I thought was was pretty impressive. Now maybe it caught up with you a week later. <laughs> You know, with with the Evansville <laughs> yeah, trip, uh, but uh, you had to be pretty happy with sort of that two week span, being able to go to Hawaii, get a couple wins, and then get a couple of wins against a, a ranked Cowboys team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was that was the big worry uh, coming back from Hawaii, how we would be able to to perform uh, against a tough team on the road the next weekend. And uh, I thought our team showed a lot of toughness. Um, you know, we lose game one, we had a lead in the ninth, blew blew the save, and and then to bounce back and get two wins after that showed a showed a lot about our team and and a lot of the a lot about their toughness. So, yeah, we felt really good uh, about that. And then you know it's crazy how how baseball works. I and mean, we probably played as well this past uh, Saturday against Evansville as we've played in a couple of years. I mean, we were as dialed in against a really quality arm and put up a ton of runs, a ton of hits, pitched well, uh, played great defense, and you, so you feel really good uh, going into the doubleheader day. And then. And we laid an egg and probably played about as bad as we played in a couple of years. So, yeah, yeah who knows? Uh, you know, last year, unfortunately, week four uh, was the one uh, where it caught up with us uh, out at 
uh, UNLV, uh, and uh, we were on a good roll and went out there and, and just seemed to hit the wall. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it kind of happened again this year in week four, and just need to get back home and get into a good routine and, and get some home games. Your team is hitting at a 260 clip through the first few weekends. That ranks third in the Big Ten. What I like, you know, inside those numbers a little bit is it feels to me like you have a, a fairly uh, versatile lineup. Got a couple of guys hitting above 340. Of course, one of those guys, as you mentioned, is uh, is the big fella Tanner Paget, who you know missed I know last weekend. Uh, you've got uh, you know Ben Norman, who hits for power for you guys, three homers already this year, 20 steals on the season, which I think ranks somewhere maybe in the top five of the Big Ten. Do you feel like you have some different ways that you can go out there and score? Yeah, that's what I've, I've told a lot of people around here is that this this team on offense is a little different than the past two or three. We, you know, you're, There's not a Jake Adams in there or even a Robert Newstrom and Tyler Cropley at this point. But um, from one to nine, uh, I think we have a lot of tough outs and a lot of guys that – uh, are really good at getting on base and you see our on base percentage is uh is is pretty pretty high as a team and, and that's something that needs to continue to to go up and you know we do have some guys that can steal some bases um some guys with some power i think this team will have you know five or six guys in that probably four to seven range for home runs and you know i i think as the season goes on ben norman uh, as you said is, is putting up some decent numbers his average isn't you know, quite where it will be, I think, as, as things warm up. And uh, he's a dynamic player that can really run and, 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 as you said, has some power. So we look for Ben to get hot here and as we get closer to the conference, and that'll, that'll help us. But, yeah, it's a, it's a really well-balanced offense um, that I think is, is capable of, of being consistent against the top pitchers in the league. I know you want to get Padgett back. He has that uh, hamstring injury. Sounds like he's day-to-day, but... Is there any more intimidating-looking uh, guy standing up there in the batter's box than, than this guy? I mean, 6'6", 240, I mean, holy smokes. <laughs> yeah, he's big. He, he's not quite as intimidating as, um, I'll mispronounce his name, but uh, the guy Eric's got up there at Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's a big guy as well, but Tanner definitely is an imposing figure in the box, and uh, we definitely need him in the lineup. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, he's been good for you here early on. Be nice to get him back. You know, Jack Dreyer uh, out. Uh, hopefully, you'll get him back as well. But you know, I, I think you've got a little bit of depth there in the pitching staff, and and some veteran guys too who you can throw out uh, as starters, and uh, you know, get some good innings out of those guys. You know, you'd like Dreyer back out there, but have you been pretty pleased with what you've gotten out of that staff? Yeah, it it really um, we were we were pretty disappointed the first couple of weeks with the number of walks um, that was surprising. Um, I think you know what the one positive this weekend was we cleaned up some stuff on the mound. Um, it was a much better weekend, a more consistent weekend as far as throwing strikes and and throwing strikes with all of our pitches, and um, so that was a positive sign. You know, Cole McDonald. Um, I think was was probably trying a little too hard, maybe throw, trying a little more, little little more effort than what he what he needed the first couple of weeks, and was up in the zone and and he gave up some hits, and he's really made some nice adjustments the last two weeks, and he's been back down, uh, down in the zone where he needs to be, and his his numbers have really gone up, and he's starting to log more innings on Friday night, and that's a that's a big one for us, and then Cam Bauman is. He's finally settling in a little bit as as a starter, taking Jack's spot in the rotation, and 
you know, he was much better and much more confident this week. And, and then Grant Jenkins, uh, has been outstanding so far, uh, this season. I mean, he, he developed a new pitch and it's really paying off big for him and his velocity is up and, you know, he just needs to, to continue to, um, you know, to, to improve on his, on his, um, location. He was a little off, even though he was having, uh, good numbers and, Hits given up and batting average against. He was walking a few too many guys early, and he he's he started to clean that up as well. And hopefully, we hit our stride with those guys as we we head into you know conference play in a couple of weeks. Talking to Iowa coach Rick Heller, his team uh, getting set. We hope to play some home games uh, this weekend. You think you'll be able to get those in? Yeah, we're going to get them in. It's not going to be uh, easy. Uh, yesterday we had a good melt day, and and we're supposed to get temperatures in the fifties tomorrow and thursday so that'll take care of a lot of it but the the issue we had here in iowa city we had a couple ice storms before all the snow hit so there's a fairly large amount of ice especially around the edges of the field that we're probably going to have to remove manually and as you know that won't be much fun but we'll (laughs) we'll do whatever we have to do to uh to get it off the field and and um hopefully be ready to go on on friday i told the guys out of northridge that we were going to do it and we'll we'll find a way to get it done so they're coming, so we will we will get it ready. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017, The Hammer. We've seen, Coach, a lot of Connor McCaffrey on the, the basketball hardwood. Uh, hopefully soon we'll get to see him out on the baseball diamond. I would imagine that you both want to have him out there, but also want to see Fran McCaffrey's group uh, make a, a long run in, in March as well. What's the expectation level and sort of where does Connor fit in when he gets there out on the field with you guys? Well, you know, Connor has done a really good job of trying to stay in, in baseball shape during basketball season. He has to put in a lot of hours on his own, and um, he's been doing that. He comes over and he hits, um, you know, between classes most mornings, and then uh, occasionally we'll we'll get there if the hours will allow him to um, with basketball. He gets over and plays catch. If not, he's doing that on his own, and he's going to start ramping ramping the defensive side up here this week. Um, you know, getting ready for his return. Um, Connor could be a, a, a big bonus for us, a big boost um, with the situation we're in with a, a lot of a lot of injuries to our to our position players and brings a big bat to the middle of the lineup. And, and the thing the thing about Connor is that he's he's just such a competitor, you know, and he brings he brings a lot to the team that way and how he goes about his business and he's got a toughness level that really will help the ball club and he can play first base. He can play right field, uh, which is nice um, that he can do both of those positions really well on the defensive side. And I don't know. I'm I'm just excited to get him back out there. And and you know we could definitely definitely use a boost right now with the the situation we're in injury wise. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So how do you see the Big Ten shaping up? It's not like things start out easy for you. You have uh, Indiana and <laughs> Illinois those first couple of weekends. I think uh, you know a couple of teams that are expected to perform. Uh, pretty well you know I will say this when when the when the coaches ranked their teams coming out uh, you guys weren't in that top six seven I thought to myself boy there's an Iowa team there that's got a veteran group that can do a lot of things well that that maybe is deserving and and maybe is that team to watch outside of those top six that that maybe should be up there and maybe can make a run at this thing you feel like you guys are in a in a pretty good position if you can get healthy and stay healthy to to make a run here in the Big Ten well, yeah, I mean that's that's obviously the the plan and obviously the goal. I mean, the coaches in the league, I think, made a a good observation. You know, we've been hit hard uh, the last two years in the draft, losing 
I think nine guys are top recruit signed last year. And then the other thing that came into play that we haven't talked about is I lost my hitting coach and my pitching coach to the New York Yankees about <laughs> uh, less than a week before the season started. So, you know, a little bit of a uh, little bit of stuff to overcome. But as you said, it, it is a, it is a quality group, and and there is some depth there. And we've been able to fight through uh, some of the injury stuff and still perform well. If we get those guys back and we get healthy in the next couple of weeks um, heading into conference, um, I, I think we're right in there with a lot of teams because if you look at the league, I don't think there's a bad team in our conference. Um, you know, you look at some of the teams' records that are sitting at the bottom, but most all of that is because of, you know, who they've played and scheduling, you know, playing a, a super tough schedule in, in preparation to get ready for conference play. So uh, there's not an easy one in the league, but, you know, I think we can be right there if, if we can clean some things up here in the next couple of weeks. And, and we've been trending in the right direction that way, um, you know, up until this, this, this last Sunday. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I definitely think we can, we can make some noise if, um, if things get healthy for us. You can't fend off the Yankees to keep your uh, coaching staff together. Come on, yeah, it's been it's crazy how um, you know that's another podcast um, you know <laughs> on its own on on the direction professional baseball is going with trying to do a lot of the development stuff that we've been doing in college baseball and yeah. a lot of the technology that we've implemented here at Iowa over the last five years is is making those guys very attractive to to the pro guys and. You know, the, you know, you look, I've lost a couple prior to this. This would be the, with these guys leaving. It was the fourth I'd lost to pro baseball in the last four years. And wow. very, you know, you lose one that that's tough, but you lose both your hitting and your pitching. That that makes it even tougher. And um, you know, obviously um, the new guys coming in, they're doing a great job, but tough situation for them to jump in in the fire about a couple weeks before we start competing. And you know, it's tough for your team, but. Our guys uh, have shown a lot of resiliency, and they're really adapting well. And the new guys are are doing awesome and getting better each each week, and starting to understand how things are are going to go a lot better than they did when they got here. And yeah. uh, you know, we're we're, we're we're we got the full court press on on the learning <laughs> curve, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, interested to see how it all develops, and 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 see you guys get healthy and make a run at it in the Big Ten. And looking forward to seeing you here in a couple of weeks when you make the trip over to West Lafayette. Hey, Coach, I appreciate your time. As always, best of luck throughout the season. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. I appreciate it. We'll look forward to seeing you in a few weeks as well. All right, uh, we'll be back with more here in just a moment on the Big Baseball Podcast. We'll give our lineups and more. That's coming up next. And nice to talk to Rick Heller at Iowa. We joked with him, Drew, a little bit about Iowa's travel schedule. I mean, the Hawkeyes have been all over the place here. Now get a couple of days off before they have uh, a home series, which is good for the Hawkeyes. Let's start our lineup and talk about Iowa with number one. You know, I I think Iowa's record is okay, but, man, they've played that schedule, and I think uh, they have to feel uh, pretty good about where they are as they get back to Iowa City. Yeah, they're coming out of that uh, that tough schedule over 500 at seven and six. So, uh, you know, offensively, at least last weekend, uh, put up 18 runs in that first victory, a lot of extra base hits, three home runs, but then come back and get shut out the next day. And that sort of, uh, I think, encapsulates what they've gone through uh, so far this season, just sort of up and down, a lot of travel, maybe some, some up days and some down days. Um, but they'll take on Cal State Northridge at home uh, next week and uh, see if they can continue on and get some rest. Some good victories again uh, against then number 19, OK State. CSUN 
this yes. weekend. Don't say Northridge. You're not allowed to say Northridge oh, yes. on this podcast. Oh, didn't even think about it. Not allowed to say that. Didn't cross my mind when I read it. <laughs> Penn State, topic number two, or hitting number two in our lineup, I should say. Uh, when do we start paying attention to the Nittany Lions? Now. When? Now? now? Right now. Right now. The Lions, nine and three, nine and three yeah. Yeah. Third in the Big Ten right now overall. Uh, UCF is is no slouch. Uh, they went in and 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 beat them. Uh, what were they? They were two and one, two and one uh, against UCF on the weekend. Best start since 1980. Uh, at, they were ten and two that season. The pitching allows less than seven hits per nine innings. I, I think we start paying attention to them now. Yeah, nine and three after winning a total of 15 games last season. After 12 games last year, the Nittany Lions were four and 12. So look significantly improved yes they're not taking on complete world beaters like some other teams i mean nebraska's played a really difficult schedule you wouldn't put penn state in that category but you've got to beat who's on your schedule and they're nine and three but have they ever played anybody i don't know i I don't know the answer to that question you mean like last year right comparatively yeah i I start since 1980 did they play you know i I mean i see what you're saying yeah i mean four and 12 last year they're playing similar type competition yeah uh, last year so yeah i mean this is a, a much better start all right, number three uh, is Hunter Parsons, the senior right-handed starting pitcher for Maryland. We have gotten caught up this year, and deservedly so, in talking a lot about Tommy Henry and Carl Kaufman, the two yeah. guys at the top of the rotation for Michigan. They were so good through the first three weekends of the season. They got a lot of the headliners. Then we talked, you know, Nate Fisher this week and what he did for Nebraska. We mix a couple other guys in there as well. And I feel like we're just not giving – Parsons enough of a nod here, but he's been solid for Maryland three and Oh, a one ERA and four starts. He's been good at that top of that rotation and has helped Maryland to a pretty good start to the year. Yeah. Nine and five overall for Maryland. And he's one of the reasons why his second straight year here as Maryland's ace currently he's pitched 11 straight innings without giving up a run. Uh, so it's not a, bad. A, a great start by Hunter Parsons uh, and the Maryland team, who maybe we need to start talking about a little bit more and giving them a little bit more credit. Nine and five. I feel like we've talked about them a little bit here and there, uh, but a great start. Seven innings, six hits, no runs, 10 strikeouts, only a walk as the Terps beat Stetson on the road seven to nothing in his start over the weekend. All right, batting cleanup for us today. Michigan, the Wolverines have lost four of five games. So my question to you, Drew, is Is there reason for concern? Is it the competition? Of course, Michigan started 8-0. They were one of the last remaining, I think, a handful of teams yeah. in the country that was still undefeated at that time. But they went out on that West Coast trip, played some pretty good competition. Let's not uh, kid ourselves there. But is there some concern? And if there is concern, is it the offense still for yeah, Michigan? I think it's the same concern of what we talked about last week was the offense. The offense eventually this season needs to come around and help out that pitching staff of Henry and Kaufman. Uh, one, just one win for Michigan in the last four games. Now that one victory was against number two UCLA. So yeah. a great victory for them um, on the schedule, helping out in that RPI, um, but still uh, just one victory uh, there in the last four. They'll take on Manhattan to try to get back on track. So I, I anticipate that they'll get back in the winning column. Look, I'm a pitching guy. I like pitching in defense. You do have to score some runs. Yeah. I mean, in those three losses, three of the last four games, the losses in those, two, two, and one run. Right. I mean, that's just not 
enough unless you just get outstanding pitching performances, and that's too much to ask against really good competition. They've got to be able to score some runs as well. They had quality pitching, quality starts in the last two losses, but only scored three runs combined. Yeah. All right, hitting number five for us in this week's lineup. Uh, This is the last weekend before the Big Ten starts. Teams wanting to build some momentum. You mentioned, like, uh, Michigan-Manhattan. Right. Be a good series maybe for the Wolverines to pick up a couple of wins before Big Ten play picks up. At least it's it's Big Ten for some, not for everybody, though. Yeah, Illinois, Michigan, Maryland, and Ohio State all start the Big Ten season on bye week, so they still have a couple of tune-up weeks here uh, to get ready for that season. But early preview here of that first weekend, you see on the schedule the glaring matchup to me is Minnesota at Penn State. Those are probably the two biggest surprises this season of the Big Ten. I'll be honest, I have no idea what is going to happen in that (laughs) series. No clue. And it'll tell us a lot, I think, about both of those clubs. Yeah, no doubt. Who would you pick to win that series right now? Right now? Would you pick Penn State? I would pick Penn State at home. You wouldn't have a month ago. I would not. No No. way. Not at all. Okay, topic uh, number six, Indiana. The Hoosiers just aren't hitting the baseball. Are they last in the Big Ten, 212 average? Yeah. Uh, With 138 strikeouts now. They do hit the ball over the fence. A league-high 14 home runs for Indiana. And the team ERA, second in the Big Ten at 2.87. So they are getting the pitching led by Milto at the top of that rotation. But, man, the Hoosiers just aren't hitting the ball. Yeah, you know, we talked about how Michigan's offense needs to improve. But if you look at the Big Ten stats, Michigan's offense is like fourth or fifth in team batting average. IU's team batting average is dead last, and their pitching is second in in the Big Ten in ERA. Uh, so really there, you talk about a team that needs to improve on offense, it's IU. They've got to start scoring some runs to help out that pitching staff, uh, and they've got to fix the strikeouts. We've mentioned this every every week, I think, so far, but they they really got to fix the strikeouts and start getting base hits besides for just home runs. How is it we put Zach Taylor hitting seventh? What? That was, you were in charge we- you were hey, in charge of that. Who's our producer? Yeah. <laughs> who's the producer on this? Producer Jim. We got uh, stats and research. We got a, where's our department? We got no We got nobody. Just us. Uh, and just us at times is not enough. I'll tell you that. So we put Taylor in at number seven, which is ridiculous because uh, Zach Taylor has been just outstanding for Illinois at the top of the Illini order. I was breaking this down a little bit, trying to figure out, you know, where he could potentially project as far as hits for the season. The Big Ten record seems like it's almost insurmountable. I mean, 111 hits in a season by Michael Campo, uh, Penn State in 2000. Uh, Taryn Vavra, who was great last year, Minnesota had 86 that led the Big Ten. Taylor has 21 hits in 13 games. If you project that out, which is sort of hard to do because you don't know about weather and, you know, extra games and and all that stuff, you know, Big Ten tournament games, maybe, you know, NCA. So maybe, I mean, I don't know, if you play enough, maybe you get to 100. He's on pace for around 90 now. He has 39 total bases. Uh And Zach Taylor's been really good. He has been. uh, A good player coming out of high school. Uh, He's been drafted before in the 36 rounds by the Twins. He actually started his career at Houston and then transferred to Illinois. He's been a four-year starter at both Houston and Illinois combined. On Sunday, he was a home run away from the cycle, so hitting very well on Sunday. But unfortunately, uh, trying to make a catch in the outfield, he crashed into the wall there and left the game in the sixth inning. So, with all that you said about the hits, yeah. we'll see how many games he misses here. Hopefully he's okay, and hopefully he gets back into their lineup very soon. 
Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that moving forward. Yeah, I haven't read anything about that yet this week to see what his status is. Uh, number eight is Nebraska, another team probably that should be higher in our order today. The Cornhuskers won two of three at Baylor. That was a huge series down there. Now, Nebraska is six and seven, so you think on one hand, eh, you know, a little bit under 500. What do we make of the Cornhuskers? But, Drew, they have played eight games against ranked opponents, are three and five in those games, which is not bad. Uh, and then if you take away that Oregon State series in which uh, they were swept by um, uh, by the Beavers, then, uh, you know, three and one against the other ranked opponents. I, you know, I think that's that's not bad. I think this Nebraska team, you know, maybe when the competition lessens uh, a little bit here, might have something going a bit. Yeah, and still trying to figure some things out in the weekend rotation, especially Darren Erstad uh, has thrown seven different pitchers on the mound to start games this year. That seems like a lot. Uh, Chad Linsman and, and Gomez both had started games this season. You thought that they were going to be in the weekend rotation, but now that both of them have each had two straight appearances in relief. So, uh, you know, one of those clubs that's still trying to figure things out before this Big Ten season starts. Um, but overall, you got to take uh, uh, what you got here and a good start to the season. All right, number nine, the schedule. What do we got? I, I can't believe Purdue's actually going to play today. I didn't think a week ago that, that was going right. to be possible. But the weather's not supposed to be too bad. I think today we're supposed to get up around 50. And the concern was the natural grass field at Alexander, but it's been given that the go-ahead, it's apparently not frozen anymore, uh, which is good. Uh, Purdue with a new playing surface this year, which maybe that helps as well. Uh, is the weather a little bit better this week going into the weekend? Might we see uh, – a little more favorable scheduling here for these Big Ten teams? Yeah, I think we do. At least here in Indiana, it looks like it's warming up to about 60 to 65 degrees in some what? places. So uh, at least wow. Thursday, I think it cools down by the weekend again. So maybe Thursday, Friday, we could have some 60-degree weather uh, before cooling down again for the weekend. But overall scheduling, it, it, it will probably get a bit easier overall for some of these Big Ten teams. Yeah. They're not traveling out west. They're not traveling to Texas to play these teams anymore. They're settling at home. Um, against some other Midwest clubs. Um, but it'll definitely be a, a, a difference for them. They've been used to playing in 80-degree weather now, and now they're coming back to 40 to 60-degree weather, and it's a, it's a different ball game when you get to that area. That's our lineup for this week. Uh, we're, we're closing in on the Big Ten season. I'm excited about it, man. There have been some surprises, some good and some not so good. It's been a good uh, non-conference season and fun to talk about as well. Uh, thanks a lot, of course, to Rick Heller for coming on the show today. We appreciate uh, his time uh, and joining us. Uh, also, uh, uh, thanks to uh, everyone for listening. We do appreciate it, especially the, the retweets, comments you give us. All of that has been fantastic here in the early going as we get this podcast off the ground. You got anything else, sir? We'll see you later today at the game. Yeah, windows closed. Window open. You've got to remember to bring a jacket. <laughs> you forget your jacket. Baseball. In March in the Midwest, you got to bring a jacket to the game at the very, if not a sock cap or something, some gloves. All right, that'll do it for our podcast for this week. We do appreciate uh, everyone, appreciate Heller coming on with us as well. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017thehammer.com.